Hello and welcome to the Rotary Report Lasses podcast in association with Sunderland Community Soup Kitchen and Her Game 2, the campaign against sexism and misogyny in football. Sunderland AFC women won 2-0 away at Crystal Palace last weekend and they play London City Lionesses at 11am this coming Sunday at Eppleton. Every week we try to bring you a Twitter space which is a live broadcast on the RR Lasses Twitter account. And this week I was delighted to be joined by some special guests alongside regulars Graham Field and Ant Watson. Well, yeah, let's let's get into the game. Then obviously we we've had the uh, the pleasure of watching the majority of it thanks to the FA player. I think it was it was quite an, an open game, wasn't it? Quite even. We defended really well, tried to catch them on the counter attack. Really well set up, I think, by Mel Ray to play five at the back with Abby Joyce, uh, Abby Joyce, Abby Holmes, and uh, Louise Griffiths playing as the wing backs. And Megan B are slotting into that uh, third centre half, so it it made for a little bit of a defensive formation, but it, it gave us that chance to get Emily Scarway on the ball and, and support her quite ably as well. You know what? I thought it was on paper. I thought it did look defensive, but then in practice, it was quite clever. And um, we allowed them time on the ball at the back, which we have done over the past year or so, in in terms of dealing with some of the. The kind of the, the the top sides in the league, but when we did press, we pressed about like two thirds of the way up the pitch, and we won the ball in the midfield a lot. It was a battle in there, and obviously the world won our two meaty challenges, etc. But I thought we, when we were on the ball, we were we were generally neat and tidy, but we moved it really really quickly. And obviously, you know, Neve Heron was fantastic. Um, never seen a box-to-box performance like that. Obviously, since um, Jill Scott, who I was comparing her to earlier, just the energy and the fact that, you know, she was popping up. She was one-on-one early on with the goalie. You know, it, it was a really interesting tactical battle. And 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 I think you were right in terms of saying our defence. I think Mel came out and said, you know, great defensive performance. And it was all built on that. But that defence was across the pitch and everyone battled. And I think that was... What I thought was really impressive, especially early on, because we didn't let Palace get control of the game. No, no, correct. Yeah, yeah. And and Graham, I want I, I, we'll, we'll talk about Neve in a bit more, a bit more detail with with that with that game in particular, because obviously she she was injured at the start of the season, so came in a little bit later. But obviously, come back and and played in that kind of quarterback role, what she's been playing in last season. But yesterday, it seemed as if she give she gave a little bit more attack, and it was more of a free role for her and. I've banged on for the last 18 months that she needs to play further forward. And I think it was proven why she should be. I mean, that was a tort, as Richard just said. That was a box-to-box performance from it. Yes, we'll talk about the tackles that she put in, but the energy that 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 that, that she put in was unbelievable, wasn't it? Yeah, she, she was really, really good. Managed to watch the game. And literally from the first few minutes, she's put a like a nice ball across to, to Abby Holmes. And I think Abby Holmes is probably a bit disappointed she's not popped it in at the back post. Actually, that was just after a few minutes, so... I think Neve. I think I don't know if Mel said that she wanted her to sort of get up, because obviously we've not seen a lot of other season with her being injured. Um, I just wonder if Mel Mel said like this season we want you to sort of get forward as much as we can, because she's got the energy to do it. So I noticed a few times she managed to get forward. Obviously, like I say, that was just a few minutes in. But looking at the um, so I think it was about half an hour in. I think she'll be disappointed she's not scored with her left foot when she's uh, she's clean through. But again, that's her getting from sort of. 
a Joao box all the way up to up to theirs. But yeah, she was she was excellent. I actually think Emily Scar was brilliant as well. She was just turning like half decent balls into sort of good balls running the channels. And then the, the centre half's palace must be absolutely sick of that. Every time they were picking the ball up, like if the ball was getting put in the channels. Next thing you know, a couple of seconds later, she's there pecking at them. She, she must have just been an absolute pest that whole game. So I think, obviously, she ended up getting taken off after, I think, about an hour or so because she just run herself into the ground. But, uh, yeah, the, going back to Neve, she was, she was excellent all game. I thought Holly Manders was, was very good as well, and Emily as well. Emily Scar, I thought those three for me were the, the pick of the three. Let's see, it's all about opinions, but that's, that's what it looked like for me. Oh, I, I couldn't honestly name you a player of the match. I've, I've, I've kind of fluctuated between Neve, Abby Holmes, Holly... <laughs> just, um, I've changed my mind three or four times. Emily Scar, I thought she was absolutely superb. You know, and, and I thought Danielle Brown was brilliant as well. Like a bit of the Corey Evans role, like kind of you know breaking up the play and you know you know passing the ball, bringing players into play. I thought she was excellent. I thought it was just an all round brilliant team performance. But obviously there was some controversies. Rich, the first one I'm going to go into. I'm going to try and do them in order. Is the the penalty decision where a free kick's gone over Emily Scar's got around the back of the defender. There's been a collision between her and the goalkeeper. I've watched it back a couple of times. Now, I think it's a penalty. I don't know about you, but what's your opinion on it? It's a penalty and arguably a red card. I'm, I'm, li- I'm literally, I've got it on my computer in front of me, right? It's flicked on. Then number two knocks it back towards the goalkeeper. Goalkeeper doesn't get there. Scar does get there. Goalkeeper knee height into what? In a solar plexus. And, and she's down on the ground for a good, what, three minutes trying to recover from basically being kicked in the chest. Um, but I'm looking at it clear as I can, in, in as clear resolution as, as, I, as I can on the FA player right at the minute. Keep rolling it back. And she's, she's not won the ball, Frank Kitchen, and she has taken out Emily Scar anywhere on the, else on the pitch that is a free kick and, and possibly a red card for dangerous play because she missed the ball. She, yeah, she went for the ball. She was going for the ball. She only had eyes for the ball. She didn't get the ball. Scar did get the ball. And Scar was taken out. But, you know, she got up and uh, and she and she made the difference later in the game. And and it and it didn't cost us, but it could have cost us in a, in a tighter game. But I think uh, overall, you know, but we were good value for the win and, and we can't let decisions like that, uh, you know, affect us in the long term. And do you know what? I don't think it's a penalty. I totally, I totally disagree. I normally agree, like with with you two on you know a lot of the stuff. I, I just think you never get stuff like that. Like, I, I just, I honestly, they're just both bumping it. Like they're both hitting into each other. And keepers, keepers now, and right, whether it's right or wrong, keepers now when things like that happen and they challenge each other, there's never a problem. We were then joined by Mike Kuehl, who runs the Eagle Eye View blog and podcast and is one of the regular voices on the terraces down at Palace. We started by discussing whether Neve Heron should have received a red card in the first half for a heavy tackle in the middle of the park. It's a silly tackle. Are you saying it's red? Yeah, I mean, at the time, it, we, we were, according to, you can probably hear it on the on the player, we were, we were shouting for the red. I think the thing was, We'd already had, I mean, from our perspective, we were already a bit frustrated because there'd been a flurry of offsides, uh, which I'm sure probably were. But obviously, when you're there, we're looking at it thinking, that's not offside. You know, so we'd already a bit wound up annoyed with referees and stuff. I didn't see the, because it was over to our left, I didn't see the collision that took your player down for the head of you. But we saw her down, and you could see the Sunderland players want the ball to be kicked out. But obviously, the rules are, 
whether if it's not a head injury, they don't have to. But we hadn't seen that at the time. But I think because your players down, that, that was a problem. The, the tackle in itself was reckless. I think but it very much smacked when you looked at the body language because of what you know where everyone was trying to get the tension on the player down. It felt like at that moment in time there was intent, a frustration. You know when you know when someone. I mean, we see it with Wilf all the time where he gets he he gets a bit injustice against him. And then he goes chasing after him. You know, the next thing he's going to do is a foul that's an intended foul. And it very much felt like that's what was done. But the foul itself was not great either. And it's one of those, sometimes, you know, referees will give a yellow, but it could have very easily have been a red card without a doubt. I agree that it was not a good tackle by Neve And I agree about the intent as well. The only mitigation, I think, is the fact that the ball shouldn't have been in play because the, the one down on the left, it wasn't just the ball needed to be kicked out. The referee bottled that or the liner bottled that because that was that was late and it was dangerous as well. And I think Neve's still only young and I think she reacted emotionally to the fact that Louise Griffiths had basically been taken out and nothing had been done about it. Now, she's got to she's got to learn from that, and you know, keeping your head in those situations because she's so important to the way that we play. And if she'd saw red, then it would have been a very different game. But Mike was fulsome in his prayers for the way that Sunderland approached the game. I thought Sunderland played really well. I thought you were organised. I know from speaking to you guys previously that Mel Ray's meticulous in her preparation, and I thought you came down there, you have looked at what we've done before, have identified that our back three, our centre-backs, are slow. Um, we had Anna Philby, our best one, sitting on the bench as well. And time and time again, you got the ball, and what with one easy pass, you were running in behind us, you know, and because we were just so slow, and I think you identified that. And we, I think in the first half, we played a couple of diagonal balls, and actually they were, they were, beat your, your, back, your back line and we had someone running in, you weren't picking them up. We did it about three times, a couple of offsides. We never did it again. And then we couldn't. I think second half, we just, for ages, we'd just run along the box because your back line was so solid and we were just, no one's having a shot. We couldn't find a way through it. We just didn't have the invention until uh, Paige Bailey Gale and Sean Guyat came on. And then we kind of put you under pressure. But no, I thought we couldn't put more than four passes together. Um, so our, our performance wasn't great. Um, there's a couple of issues around our selection. And so for us, it was very frustrating when we, how we started. But I said on our podcast last week with Graham on it, going into the game, Sunderland, you're a better team than where you were positional-wise. We knew that. We knew from last season, they're always tough, tough, tight games. And it was going to be a difficult game. And we are the masters of, if you're on a bad run, we'll end it for you. So there was part of me that knew we were gonna, you were going to beat us because you hadn't won yet. And we, we give that gift. But no, as I say, I think, you know, you were, well, other than that moment, was quality in the middle. And I think, you got the game plan right apart from the spell after the subs and then the second was a complete error from AJ that gifted you that goal. But neither here nor there, you'd already, you're already one up and we weren't going to score by then. We couldn't not talk about the goals the last has scored. Emily Scar and Katie Watson on the score sheet and Katie Watson was also voted Championship Player of the Week on her 17th birthday this week. So we were joined for this section by the long-suffering Sunderland fan Ian Todd who was at the game on Sunday. First one saw um, in the second half, I think it's um, Abby Holmes, and it does a really, really good like cut in and run, releases Neve Heron, who has a shot. It's 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 quite well saved, actually. I think it's a decent save from the goalkeeper, Rich. But there's Emily Scott to, to tap it in. And to be honest, I think by that point, I would just say on, on that basis, we probably just about deserved that. 
Totally. As much as they, you know, they, they had a lot of the ball in the first half, we were the, I think we were the better side throughout, completely deserved the goal. Watching it back and now watching the highlight, uh, it was thoroughly well deserved. And, and I have to say, Abby Holmes, she she was why we scored that first goal. That run across was so powerful, but it's not just that. She continued it on and she gave Neve the space to take the shot. And, and, and it was really nice to see Scarzi actually like um, in a striker's position. And you can see she's peeled away from her. Uh, marker when Neve shot and their centre-back was watching Holmes's run round the back rather than watching Scar and Scar's standing there right in the striker's position exactly where you want a striker for for the finish so I, you know as lucky as it was that the 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 keep didn't hold on to it you've got to be there and that's why a striker is a striker and it's nice to see there's been a couple of occasions recently where Scars look like a striker, not like a winger filling in. And hopefully um, she's probably learning a trade uh, as a, as a centre-forward. I mean, talking to Mel after the game, she said that one of the things they'd been concentrating on training during the week is making sure there was a second person there if the goalkeeper spilled the ball or, you know, it bounced off somebody and came back out. And as, as you uh, identified, Scars, he was in the right position at the right time to just pop the ball away. Just going back to the sort of general business about us, the way we set up, uh, the other thing that Mel said after the game was that we played a behind-closed-doors game last week against Celtic, and we chose Celtic because they play in the same sort of way that Crystal Palace do, and therefore we played the friendly game last week as though we were playing Palace. So it was good that they were actually sort of practice in the way that they expected uh, Palace to play and the, the way we could actually counteract that and the way we set up uh, and the way we uh, you know reacted to you know in, in breakaways and that sort of thing as well which you know full marks to Mel and the coaching staff for and I think it identifies the way in which behind the scenes now the analysis of opposition uh, is being fed into the way in which the uh, the girls actually prepare for the following game. I totally agree with you about that. That Celtic friendly. I think it's I think it finished two two. I want to say I'm sure someone mentioned it during the week. It was two two. So obviously that's a, that's a, a great kind of fixture to have just before that. So thank God for the international weekend. To be honest, um, I've never said that before. But obviously, Rich, I want to go into the second goal as well, but also the the, the triple substitution that Mel's made us not long after the first goal. Now after we've gone. One nil up. You kind of expect, oh, we'll just shut up shop. And and Mel's made quite an attacking triple substitution there. For Tyler Dodds, Nicky Gears, and uh, Katie Watson on for pace, I think. And obviously to have a have a crack at them and and, and pay dividends, didn't I mean? Nicky Gears has got the ball. Obviously, if a Palace player's made a mistake, Nicky Gears got the ball. And I mean, I love I love watching this goal because you don't know where Katie is, and all of a sudden she comes flying into the picture. Great first touch. Wonderful, like kind of. You know, awareness to take him on the goalkeeper, and then a great finish as well from someone so young. It's a cracking goal, but also well done to Mel Ray. I think we need to give her a big pat on the back. I was shocked with that, um, in a, in a really good way. And and you know, I've been a little bit vocal in saying how sometimes disappointingly reserved we've been this season, and it was lovely to see the fact that like she brought three forwards on five minutes after we'd scored, and it was like. We're away at one of the best teams in the league and she's going for the jugular and it was brilliant to see. And yeah, the way that it was scored as well was a turnover and, and, and that again, that quick counter-attacking football got the ball forward 
from intercepting the pass really, really quickly. To be fair to Nicky Gears, the, the ball was really beautifully weighted, and but Katie basically told her where to put the ball. Confidence from the youngster to actually be able to, uh, to do that with a more experienced player alongside her and then finish. I mean, she took it across the keep, she kept it cool, she took it to the, the kind of the acute angle and still slotted it home. Lovely. And, and you can see obviously how much it meant to the whole team to be able to, to, to put a, put a game to bed like that. And we're not hanging on and there's no chance of us losing it in the last seconds. Like we, like we have done previously. And it was just nice as a fan, not to be like, I was refreshing Twitter, like, like, like nothing. And uh, it was nice to just relax for the last few minutes of injury time. I was a bit so, scared that Katie had actually taken it a bit too far behind. Well, yeah, but she she dealt with it, didn't she? she oh, I mean, she did. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was, and and that's what you know. Maybe it wasn't absolutely perfect, but she dealt with what. Oh, absolutely. What, you know, for a youngster with that maturity, and you know, excellent. Brilliant, brilliant to see. Brilliant to see. Um, yeah. So I I, I just thought it was great, and the, the intervening period after the substitutions, where they were putting pressure on our goal, we we seemed to deal with that really, really well. Claudia didn't have to make great saves. But she was actually really commanding, and she did. She didn't spill anything. I think that's really, really important for a goalkeeper to do the basics because that's what inspires the confidence. Yes. Yeah, so all in all, I mean, it's by far our best performance of the of the season, and uh, I'm just really happy um, that we've we've got those three points, and 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 I think we can move forward because we've got games now. There's not too many breaks until until Christmas, so we've got a series of games, and and I think actually that's what we need is that kind of momentum is not to not to have these big breaks you've segued it lovely into my next question for Ian is obviously next week we've got London City Lionesses and obviously they're near the top like what Palace were before we played them they've had a great win yesterday beating Coventry I think it's 5-0 you know they're obviously we don't know that much about them they're always up there or thereabouts but going into next week Ian you know we can play without any fear now that kind of the, you know, the monkey's off the back a little bit with, with getting the first win. And obviously, you know, I think they could play without a little bit of faith. They've actually come out of the shells a little bit more, I think, next week. So it's going to be an interesting one. Yeah, I think so, yes. Uh, I mean, it's going to be a bigger challenge, perhaps, than uh, than uh, than Palace uh, was in respect of league positions. Because it's just, uh, uh, London City are doing really well at the moment. And, and again, we don't really know that much about them. But uh, we are at home. Hopefully we can get a decent crowd behind us. Certainly, you know, the girls themselves must have taken a huge amount of not just satisfaction, but enthusiasm and confidence uh, from their performance. Um, and hopefully, you know, we can carry that forward to next Sunday. Are you, and for are you, once, I can actually get there. I was literally just about asking about you coming up because it's a double header, isn't it? The both at all. Well, it is. You know, I've twice been prevented from coming by rail strikes, of course. But uh, yes. Unfortunately, at the moment, it appears that trains are running on Saturday and I can stay over for Sunday's game, yes. Because obviously, you know, they are they are up there. They'll be there on merit. It'll be another a very, very difficult game. Are you expecting Mel to keep it as it is, keep the side the same and then, you know, do, do what you did in the second half and bring on more attacking substitutes um, as the game goes on? Uh, yeah, I would think so. I mean, you know, don't uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. There were no complaints about any of the players yesterday uh, of not putting in the sort of performance that we expected of them. And, you know, they deserve a chance again next week, uh, barring injuries, of course. Um, but no, the formation seemed to work. 
uh, we've got one or two other options sort of on the wide side of the of the pitch, like, you know, Jessica Brown, for example. But, I mean, that's not to say that, you know, the players in possession at the moment didn't actually deserve another chance. If I just go back to the second goal and where did Casey Watson appear from, she was actually playing as a sort of uh, double up at the left back position for most of the game when she came on. I haven't actually seen where she shot across the pitch from, but she was doing a hell of a lot of backing up and assisting Louise Griffiths and preventing their substitute from getting the ball in from that right wing. Yeah, I mean, we were very much playing with a sort of one up front and Emily Scard sort of run her socks off to, to bring Nikki Gears on to play a similar sort of game up front on her own. Worked very well. It's been a hell of a week for the RTC. I was at the Durham Sestry game against Newcastle and yeah. it was just a fluctuation of RDC players there. You know, Daisy Burt and, you yes, know, and uh, yeah. Poppy Pritchard who scored an absolute wonderful goal. But we've obviously got Gracie there. There's, there's a few of the RDCs playing for the under-23s and obviously with Kate scoring yesterday. I mean, that, that, just, that talent sort of pull just keeps on getting better and better, doesn't it? It does, absolutely, yes. And, you know, the, uh, I, I, I fear at the moment that the under-23 side aren't getting as competitive a game as we would like them to. They almost ought to be in a higher league, but I'm not sure where they could actually play in their first season other than where they are now. But uh, they seem to be sweeping everybody aside at the moment. And certainly from that squad, not that there are any spaces in the senior squad at the moment, but from that squad, there are obviously one or two players who we would hope before the end of the season will get an opportunity to step up. Daisy Stoker is another name that uh, has been mentioned, seems to be doing very well as well. The Sunderland women under-23s team have made an amazing start to the season with youngster Daisy Stoker, who was just mentioned there, being one of the standout players. Ant and I were delighted to be joined for the final part of the Twitter space by her dad, John. Families play an absolutely crucial role in the development of young footballers and I began by asking him about how it feels to have a budding sportswoman in the family. Yeah, she can uh, she can turn around to a bit of cricket as well. So I'm, I'm just mindful of the fact that uh, I'm not to be an embarrassing dad tonight. But no, we're we're really proud of her. You know, whatever she's doing, uh, and she yeah, she's she's doing really well with her football and cricket at the moment. And uh, it would uh, be fair to say it's it's surreal seeing her playing in red and white stripes. I mean, just a couple of questions I've got. Obviously, um, you know, you've obviously got your daughter playing, and and my little cousin's one of the coaches. So it's, it is kind of like a family affair for me as well. But obviously, yeah. with the 23s being really, really new, obviously it wasn't, you know, announced until you know about May, June time, and obviously announced this this pool, and we all expected it would be the RTC just doing that step up. But the RTC went a few of them went the separate ways. Couples joined like Newcastle, this, that, and the other. So, what was kind of the the process of getting Daisy into the under 23s? We saw on the Sunderland website that there were going to be trials for the under 23s. Uh, Middlesbrough, uh, Daisy had been at Middlesbrough for a couple of seasons. Uh, you know, she's enjoying it. She's got a lot of, you know, good friends there and, uh, you know, she's had varying degrees of success. But then when there's a, a chance to maybe come up and, and trial for playing for Sunderland, uh, she was definitely going to go for it. And thankfully, uh, she got in. So I think they had a few trial sessions. Uh, a lot of the girls went up there and then they, they picked a squad. I think it was of 16. Uh, and I think they've got a couple of other ones in uh, since then as well. And they seem to be gelling really well. 
Yeah, I mean the season started up, and you couldn't have asked for a perfect start. I think on the, on the last the last stat I read, I think it's twenty five goals, non conceded, won every game. You know, last week against Darlington, obviously Darlington were the the team to beat. I think they were the ones who, who expected a challenge. We kind of brushed on the side, but I think it's been really it's been really like kind of encouraging of how quickly they have actually gelled. I mean, we've we've seen obviously players coming in during the season as well. Obviously, it was Laura Danks who's come in and just. I think she came in in the second game of the season one, and, and her and Daisy have got a really good understanding, I think, up front. So it, it's amazing how quickly they are. They look like the team we've played for a good couple of years, isn't it? Not just as if it's just come together. Well, I think so. Yeah, I, you can see that you know they're really getting the idea of the different roles in the team. I think it might not have been a bad thing for them. They lost the cup match earlier on in the season against South Shields, who were you know really uh, strong side, well drilled, you know, a lot of experience. And I think if the girls thought they were going to play and you know win every game, it'll it'll have just given them a a bit of a, a you know not a wake up call, but I, I don't think it'll have done uh, them too bad at all. And to be honest, even in that game, I thought they acquitted themselves really well. Bearing in mind it was their you know the first sort of competitive game, so it was it was good to see them up against them because you know at the weekend it was a bit of an easier game and that's not dismissive of Chesterley Street because you know they got stuck on you know stuck in and played right up to the final whistle but I think like you've already touched on I think uh, Darlington who we played uh, a couple of weekends back they were a solid side decent side but uh, I think we just had more up front which gave us the win yeah I definitely agree and um, obviously with with what's left to come up obviously there's another Darlington game and uh, next week they've started well as well I think they're second or third in the league, so it's another tough test, I think. You know, they're, they're coming thick and fast, aren't they? Yeah, I, th- I think they're, they're all going to be, you know, tough in the different ways, and it's going to be tough for some of the girls as well because there's real competition for places as well. But I think, you know, having this start that they've had in the league, you know, four out of four, not conceding anything, uh, you know, they're, they're really on a high. And it's nice you, you can see that they enjoy, you know, playing together as a team. And it, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be good to see them grow into the season even more. I think... You know, it, it, it's it's a good league to be in, obviously, because the you know I mean they're all like you know under obviously under twenty three, but there's a lot of them are seventeen, eighteen, the the young young side even for even for that like kind of level and going into the Dev League, which is the the league below, I think it would have been far too easy. But I think it's it's a really good kind of um, experience for them to play with women. You know, there's the you know the the, the opposition's are sturdy women. You know, good players as well. So it's a, it's a great great thing to get your your teeth into what is the first uh, kind of step into semi pro football. Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of the teams that they've played so far, there are good players in each team, you know, and then you've got some wily old campaigners who, you know, they may not be maybe technically gifted or as skillful, but they've been around the block a bit and are used to playing, you know, uh, physical, you know, competitive football. So it really is a, a good learning curve for them. And yeah, there's there's some younger ones, so we've got some slightly older ones, but, you know, they all seem to be improving week on week as well. So I'm, I'm sure, uh, you know, the coach and manager are pleased. Well, I can, I can guarantee that they are. <laughs> I speak to Jeff very regularly, um, and and he's over the moon. Obviously, there's a a couple of players he has picked out. Obviously, Maya Forgey at the back, who um, who I actually thinks Rolls Royce thinks he's brilliant. Obviously, Daisy herself, who's really started the season well, really good striker actually because she doesn't she doesn't just score goals. She sets them up. She's very very selfless. So I mean, she must be having the time of her life the last few weeks. Yeah, she seems quite happy. That there was yeah, there was maybe one kick that she wasn't quite as uh, pleased with the other week. Yeah, she didn't stick a penalty away, but she's always up for, you know, putting her hand up and taking them and getting stuck in. But 
you know, I like to see her having her pop up goal, but I like the way, you know, she plays people in as well. And I think it's, she just loves playing in red and white, although it sounds really, really cheesy. I think it's, it's given her, a, you know, an extra spring in a step and, uh, you know, she's enjoying it and she's enjoying, you know, getting to know her new teammates. And like you've already said, you know, new players coming into the team as well. It, you know, it keeps everybody on the toes and, I think uh, Young Maya, uh, since she's come in, you know, at the back, I think she's uh, she's looked quality, and you know, you, you see Ree sometimes, you know, it's as if the in the ball stuck to her foot, she just glides past people, and I think the, the you know the defence at the back, they're really, really, really solid, and I have to say, I think uh, you know, last couple of weekends as well, you know, you've you've got Jazz in the middle of the park, uh, and she just runs the game. She's good in the air. She's stuck a nut, nut on a couple of corners as well. You know, and scored goals. There's, you know, there's there's talent all over the pitch. It's good to see. You mentioned Ree Real Malaburn, who was who was on the bench in the preseason game against Forest. So it's there that 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 character's there to eventually, if they're good enough to make that step into the first team. I mean, it must be um, a, a really good say character to dangle in front of them. And if they're good enough, that they can step up to the first team when needed. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. You know, I mean, the days here, I'm sure the rest of the girls are loving playing for the under-23s, but they'll definitely want to play for the first team. Whether they're good enough or not, only time will tell. But, you know, if you've got that pathway and you see some of these youngsters come through, you know, and, and play, you know, in the first team, then it can only inspire them to, uh, you know, just up the game and, and keep going and working hard. My final question for you was, um, obviously you look at with you guys being from Whitby and there's a, a famous, you know, a famous footballer we used to play for Sunderland who's just come second in the Ballon d'Or, which to be honest, she was robbed. But I mean, it's uh, it's, it's just seat in history, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, it's a shame she didn't win it, but I mean, she's, uh, you know, how far bets come on is uh, is just incredible. And nice kid, still down to earth. Whenever she comes back to Whitby, you know, she, she does a lot of things for, you know, schools around there and uh, when Daisy was a kid, uh, you know, playing for Whitby Fisher Girls and, you know, going on to play for Scarborough, you know, she popped along a couple of times to come and see her play. And, you know, her old, old family's good, but it's a small community around here. So it's kind of everybody knows everybody. And, you know, when you have some youngsters coming through and doing well, you know, we've, uh, you know, we've got, you know, sort of real pride in them. So, uh, yeah, she's, she's done brilliant. And I think, uh, I don't think Daisy could ask for a better role model than that or any, uh, you know, young lass wanting to play football, whoever it's for, whether it's for Arsenal or Sunderland or England. Yeah, and, and obviously, as we've seen in the Euros, um, Sunderland is quite a hotbed for this talent to, to go and kick on. And, and I think we've got a couple of, of more who will play for England. As I've mentioned many times, I think Neve Heron will play for England. I think uh, Grace Eid is a, is a star in the making as well. We've got Katie Watson, Libby McInnes, who have represented at England level. So Sunderland is, it's still, even though we've been kicked and we've been beaten and we've been... You know, we've all sorts of happened to us on but on on the men on the on the women's side. You know, we always come back stronger, don't we? Yeah, exactly. I think it's it's fair to say uh, some of the women have been treated appallingly over the years. You know, decision after decision, and you know, you like some Man United's getting put in here, and you know, us being demoted and the like. But you only need to look at the the lasses who have played for Sunderland, and it's only a matter of time before they get up to uh, where they belong again. And it sounds like you know Sunderland. Uh, you know, the men's side of things, they're really investing in the club. Well, I'm hoping that, you know, that they're really, really investing in the women's side of things because it uh, should do. You know, it's, uh, it's great if we can have, uh, you know, two successful teams. And I've, I've no doubt that, you know, that the win that the women had at the weekend, it's only going to kickstart their season, I'm sure. So thanks to John, Ian and Mike for taking part in our Twitter space. We'll be back on spaces after the London City game, which kicks off 
at 11am on Sunday at Hetton. And the game will be live streamed on the SAFC Women Twitter account too. So do join us then. Thanks for listening. How we're the lasses. And I'll leave you with our theme song, Science, by the wonderful Sunderland band, Big Fat Big. Big.